This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to another episode of the Champion Forum Podcast, where it's my mission to influence others to become champions and help everyone reach their fullest potential. I wanted to start by addressing another leadership question that came in from one of our listeners before we jump into today into uh, the content today. The question was this, Jeff, I've just established a new leadership mentor and I'm preparing for my very first meeting with them. What questions would you ask them that would give me the best feedback to pull from their experiences? First off, congratulations on pursuing mentoring. It's something that I absolutely endorse. This is often a very, very big missed resource among leaders and something I would recommend to everybody listening. So here's my recommendation on the question. There's numerous numerous questions that you should ask uh, and that need to be asked over time. And many of them will be specific to where you are on your journey. So you have to think about where am I in my leadership journey? Am I taking over a new role and I have leadership experience? Am I brand new to leadership? However, I've narrowed it down to three questions that I would define as ones that will give you critical feedback and help you to grow in your leadership capacity. No matter where you're at in leadership, what the assignment is, I think these questions will give you the critical feedback that you're going to need. Question one would be this. What are the biggest mistakes that you have made and how did you learn from them? I think this is a great question to ask a new mentor. You see, everyone makes mistakes. The mentor who willingly owns up to these mistakes and helps you to avoid making the same ones, that is a valuable resource and you're going to know really early that you have an ally. You see, the openness to share mistakes, it's a good sign that your mentor is going to be candid with you. They're going to look out for your best interests, and they're going to be invested in your future success. Question two would be this. What factors do you consider most often when planning for the future? This can be situated as short-term or long-term questioning, but it gives you the opportunity to discuss everything from their core beliefs to problems that maybe need solving, what to learn. Now, while your mentor is going, they're not able to see into the future, this discussion is going to serve as a catalyst for many ways for you to develop. So make sure that you ask them, like, what, whenever you're planning for the future, what is it that you're thinking about? What is that strategy look like? What does that planning session look like? Who do you bring into that mix uh, to help you plan for the future? I think it's a great question. It can bring both short-term and long-term benefits. Question number three that I would ask your new mentor is this, how do you spend your time? Seems like a simple question, but could have very profound answers. Time is, uh, you could argue, the most precious commodity that we have, which, by the way, is exactly what we're going to be talking about in today's episode. But understanding how to make the most effective use of time is absolutely critical. The most successful people have figured this out, and it is worth asking them where they spend their time, and how they feel it benefits them. This is a tremendous question from our listener. I hope this feedback is useful as you embark on your mentoring relationships. Find a mentor if you don't have one currently. Be prepared to go to those meetings uh, with questions as well as follow-up action items from maybe what your mentor gave you as steps uh, in your last meeting. If anyone else has questions they would like me to review, feel free to email us at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com.
In today's episode, we're going to be discussing time management and the art of ensuring that you are making the best use of your time. So this is going to be time management for leaders. Time management is a struggle for many people. I recently had the opportunity to listen in on a mastermind leadership group. Very, very eye-opening. The question was asked uh, by the moderator, what is the biggest challenge that you face as a leader? Overwhelmingly, the answer was time management and setting boundaries. Both go hand in hand with time management. You know, we have so much to do in both our work, our personal lives, and so little time to get it all done. If you haven't already, you will at some point reach a point that you have more to do than time to do it. That's not always a bad thing because that means you're very sought after and there's a lot going on that needs your attention. However, it can be somewhat daunting to a newer leader that's coming from individual contributor whenever you could just do it all on your own. You know, there was a time in my career that I could just stay at the office a little longer to get extra things done, get extra tasks completed, and I would be able to walk away from the office feeling like every box had been checked that day. However, As my career progressed, the reality set in very, very quickly that there were more tasks to complete than time to complete them. And if you're a leader, time management becomes even more of a challenge. You have to juggle both your needs and the needs of your team. You have to manage your time and make sure that those that are on your team are also managing their time properly. Here's the the harsh reality. We only have 24 hours in each day. And what I've learned from observing successful leaders, and I firmly believe that what will separate the good leader from a great leader is how they spend their time. That said, there are many, many ways to improve your time management skills. Plenty of resources, lots of techniques. There's a lot out there that is available to you. So I'm going to boil it down into what I've observed from successful leaders, what I incorporate into my daily routines, and some of my favorite ways to go about saving time and managing your time effectively. The first thing in these steps is going to be to make a schedule and stick to it. Start improving your time management skills by organizing your days, weeks, and months in advance as far out as you possibly can. Now understand, there are going to be curveballs thrown at you. There's gonna, you're going to have to be willing to shift and move. But if you have a, a vision and a visual of what your scheduling looks like, it's going to help you find tight compartments of time to increase your efficiency as a leader. There's always going to be surprises. But it's likely that you have an idea about the kind of tasks and responsibilities that you're going to have to deal with every day. Uh, outside of the unknown and the abnormal, you're going to find that there, there's somewhat of a routine and uh, normal tasks that will be recurring. If you're feeling a little lost with this, here's what you do. Spend, I would say, no less than two weeks tracking every single thing you do every single day. Uh, from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep. Uh, Because sometimes work can bleed into our personal life. That's a harsh reality, I know. But if you've been in leadership any amount of time, you know that that can absolutely happen. You'll also find uh, little gaps of where you can improve efficiencies, which we'll talk about later in the episode. But everything you do during the course of two weeks, you journal it. Uh, Got up and got a coffee. Uh, spent five minutes checking Facebook, uh, went to the restroom, 
was on a conference call for an hour, uh, took a call from my boss that wasn't scheduled, whatever it might be. You journal that. And you can simply do this by getting it into a, a tablet, putting it into a Word document, even the smallest of tasks. Because sometimes it's the small tasks that come up out of nowhere that are the biggest uh, wastes of time. And you're, it's not that you can't uh, do the tasks or that you will have the ability to ignore them, but you can absolutely prepare for them based off of what you are going to assess as a normal trend. Not only is this going to help you in creating a schedule and a routine, but it's a great way to see if you're spending your time on the right things. There's nothing more frustrating than uh, the day coming to an end and realizing that you didn't get everything done that you needed to get done. And if you're like me, not getting it done is not an option. So what comes next? You sacrifice. If that goes on for any length of time, that can lead to burnout, but it can also lead to a point of what I call diminishing return. Meaning more hours in the week doesn't always make you a better leader, doesn't make you more effective. This is going to help you identify patterns, recurring tasks. Then you can incorporate that into a routine and a schedule. One thing that I absolutely swear by, and, and I'll be the first one to tell you, I am not a gadget guy. I'm not a, a technology guru. But I will tell you this. I swear by the Outlook calendar. I use it for everything, and I mean everything. If my wife were to message me at the office and ask me to grab uh, a gallon of milk on the way home, it would go in my calendar. If it doesn't, if it's not in my calendar and it doesn't have a proper uh, reminder, it's just not going to happen. I tell my team, I tell family members, if there's something you need me to do, send me an invite. I will not remember it otherwise, and it just simply doesn't exist if it's not in that calendar. If you're not currently using an Outlook calendar, I highly recommend it. There's so many features that can be used, like uh, when you want it to be alerted on a task, maybe it's a day ahead of time, it's 15 minutes ahead of time. This will help you prepare for those tasks mentally as well, and it'll give you a good snapshot of what your day looks like, your week looks like, your month looks like, and so forth. It will also allow you to do recurring tasks. So if you have the same task uh, every single Monday at 9 o'clock, boom, it's a recurring task. You can set it in there, and you know that time is going to be safeguarded. You can also do this at, on a repeat on a daily option as well. Also, I would tell you this. Consider making it a habit to, uh, at the end of each workday, write out your to-do list for the next day. Most smartphones right now, they have this to-do list option, this app that comes with the phone. My phone has it. And it's a reminders list that you can absolutely work from, and you can even prioritize that into what you are separating uh, critical from important. Uh, because at the end of the day, there will be critical and there will be important. You're going to have to determine which is which so you know when and how to best use your time. This is going to help you prioritize your tasks, and it's going to help you hit the ground running the next morning. Make sure before your workday ends, you're already thinking about and you're prioritizing tomorrow's tasks so that you can make sure you get the most critical components done first. Number two, set goals and define them properly. Setting goals alone is not enough. Setting goals and defining them properly is what is going to be very important. You could argue that pursuit as a human being is geared towards setting and achieving goals. 
Everybody that I know is going after a goal. They are on a mission. Goals are part of every aspect of life, how you conduct your relationships, what you, whatever it is that you want to achieve at work and your career. The way that you even use your spare time is probably driven towards goals. Everything comes down to priorities and what you would like to accomplish. And you have to think about that. How you spend your time will come down to what you prioritize as important and what you want to accomplish. Without setting uh, goals, objectives, life becomes chaotic real quick. The best way that I have found to set and define goals is with the SMART model of goal setting. So what is the SMART model? If If you've never heard of it before, this would be a great time to get out your pen and paper because when this was first taught to me, it revolutionized how I went about my workday, how I went about my career. So instead of these vague resolutions that sometimes that we come up with, smart goal setting creates a path towards a specific objective, clear milestones, and an estimation of how attainable the goal is going to be. You know, setting a goal that's not attainable leads to letdown, rejection, and you feeling like a failure. SMART, S-M-A-R-T. It's an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Timely. All key attributes of setting goals. So let's break down what each letter represents in the SMART model of goal setting. First is the S. The S stands for Specific. What exactly is it that you are trying to achieve with this goal? The more specific your description, the better off you're going to be. For example, it could be something like, uh, I want to obtain three new $1 million clients in the Pittsburgh healthcare market. It's more, it, more meaningful to you to engage you and your team than just sell more business. That's very specific. We're going to obtain three new, brand new million dollar clients in the Pittsburgh healthcare market. We've defined the amount, we've defined uh, the vertical, we've defined the where. That is a whole lot more meaningful than sitting down with your team and saying, here's the plan, we're gonna sell more business. Too vague. So questions that you're gonna have to ask yourself when setting your goals and objectives are uh, these questions. What exactly do I want to achieve? What, what is the goal? What's the mission? Where, how, when, and with whom? Who is it that you're going to need to incorporate for this goal? When is that going to be? How are we going to get it done? Where is it happening? What are the conditions and the limitations? Why exactly do I want to reach this goal? Goal, you should be thinking every goal that you set, what is that return to you? What is that return to your organization? Meaning, is it a goal worth chasing after? The next letter in the SMART goal setting is M. The M stands for measurable. This is breaking down your goal into very measurable elements. You're going you're gonna to need to require evidence of that you're going down the right path. Because if not, everybody is just running and there is no finish line in sight. That leads to exhaustion. That could lead to burnout. Setting a goal to have happier customers is not evidence that we are attaining a goal. Increasing and maintaining a customer satisfaction score of above 90%. Now we're talking. Measurable goals can go a long way in refining what exactly it is that you want to do. Defining your goal or objective makes it clear and much easier to reach. The next one is A, attainable. 
Is your goal attainable? The last thing that you need uh, personally and in a team environment is to set a goal that is unrealistic. Now, I am all about stretching the limits and pushing the boundaries. But if it is unrealistic and something nobody could ever achieve, you are just setting yourself and your team up for a letdown. That means investigating whether the goal is really acceptable to you personally. You got to weigh the effort it's going to take, the time it's going to take, uh, potentially costs that it's going to take to have your goal come to pass. What are the profits that may come from this and the other obligations, priorities that you have in life? This one goal could be compromised from other sets of goals that you have as well. How is all of this playing in to this specific goal being attainable? If you don't have the time, you don't have the money or talent to reach a certain goal, you'll certainly fail and waste a lot of time in the process and most likely tremendous resources. Now, here's what that doesn't mean. This doesn't mean that you can't take something that seems impossible and make it happen by planning smartly and going after it. You should stretch the boundaries, but there should be a game plan to tell yourself and potentially your team, this is a lofty goal, but here's how I think we're going to get there. If you don't have a plan behind it, nobody's going to buy in, including yourself. There's nothing wrong with shooting for the stars. If you, if you aim to make your department sales productivity, for example, maybe three times as efficient this year as it was last year with no extra labor cost, how bad is it when you reach 2.8 times more efficient? Not too bad. Uh, so go ahead and shoot for it. You may come up a little bit short, but that's still a win over where you came from. So don't be afraid to stretch the boundaries. There is something to be said about what happens in the time of discomfort and stretching. If you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. The next one is the R, relevant. Is reaching your goal relevant to you and your organization? Is it something that's way out in left field? Is it a personal mission that you have? Or is it truly relevant to your organization? Do you actually want to expand your business into a foreign market? You have three children, a spouse, and you want to coach Little League Baseball and push your business into a foreign market. You might not be able to, that might not be relevant. You might need to rethink that. You decide for yourself whether you have the personality for it or your team has the capacity to pull it off. You have to assess this as a leader. If you are creating goals that your team can't pull off, and it's not relevant, that's going to be a big, big challenge for you. The main question to ask is, why do you want to reach the goal? Are the goals that you're setting relatable to the company's overall business objectives? Because if not, and they don't line up, you're going to have real hard time getting buy-in, specifically from senior leadership, because it's not tying up to the overall goals and the vision of the organization. The next one is the T, time-bound. You've heard the saying, time is money. Everybody knows that deadlines are what make people uh, switch to immediate action. If you have something that is a looming time-bound deadline, how many times have you even found yourself, uh, you, you're given a deadline and sometimes you might wait to the last minute to get it done? Can you imagine if there was no deadline at all? Most likely, it would never get done. Install deadlines for yourself and your team and go after them. 
Keep the timelines realistic and flexible. That way you can keep morale high. You know, telling somebody that they have to run a two-minute mile, uh, not even realistic. Matter of fact, they probably won't even get out of the gates because they just know before they even start running, nobody's ever going to be able to do that. Providing time constraints, ultimately what it does, it creates a sense of urgency. It's a call to action. The other thing is when you're setting goals for your team, it allows you as a leader to give accountability. Okay, everyone, that wraps up episode one of a two-part episode in time management for leaders. Be sure to tune in next week as we round out episode two and all the content that comes with that. I really appreciate you making Champion Form a part of your pursuit to leadership success. If Champion Form is adding value to your journey, I would truly appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it. You can also follow me on social media at the Champion Forum. This is where I'll give daily insights, videos, quotes and contents, and leadership nuggets all throughout the week. Feel free to email us at the Jeff Hancher at thechampionforum.com. Let us know what's helping you. Let us give us some uh, stories of success, how you've implemented some of the content from the podcast. You can also give us any thoughts that you have on any uh, criteria that you'd like to hear in the future, any additional resources that maybe we could possibly help you with. Make sure you also go to the website at thechampionform.com. There you're going to find show notes that you can review as you incorporate your own personal strategy for leadership success. Pull your team. Share those show notes with your team as well. There's thought-provoking questions that will uh, bolster some great Q&A and some great feedback from your team. And from all of us at the Champion Forum, you got to remember this. You have absolutely been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.